Hi. How's uh, how's fatherhood, man? はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。は
She's like, oh, hell no. I thought that was my car. Who my car. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember, because uh, my cousin Peter was there too, and there was a, it was a bunch of us, and we went there. As soon as I hit the car, everyone ran. I was like, oh, no. I'm screwed. Oh, my God. The look on Jeffrey's face was priceless. <laughs> I was so scared. I was so scared. And this happened right by the Wendy's, the, the College Point area. Yeah, there, there, was, a, there, was, a, there was a father in, the, in his, um, his baby in there. We were like, oh, shit. I can't believe you remember that, Rich. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was. That's that. We go way back. <laughs> Did you get in trouble? Um, I I think he was he he was pissed. He was upset, but he he kind of let us he let us go. He understood. He's like, I was I was a kid once. I was young once. So he was he was pretty. He was really cool about it. Oh, oh. Wow. that's nice of him. Yeah, I don't think he had another any other choice, man. We were just young kids with no money. We wasn't going to pay him. <laughs> That's, true too. That's true, But it's funny because uh, I was telling my sister about this episode. I said, hey, uh, our guest this week is going to be Richard. And then she's like, who's that? I was like, you know him. You know him. Went to uh, TC, Tsuji together. Went to summer mm -hmm. camp together. Mm -hmm. And the first thing she said was like, wait, is it that dark kid? <laughs> dark kid. <laughs> Because you got to understand, when we went to uh, summer camp, you were probably the least Asian-looking person there, dude. I guess. You, you know what it is? My, my mom always says she drank a lot of soy sauce when she was there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, a little tanner than, than, than most Asian. <laughs> Why don't you tell us um, your, your history? Why did you decide to go into this screen printing industry? And what have you been doing with uh, your work with other other local businesses um cool so i've actually well in, in high school we were we were um you know me and my friends we were on to sneakers and streetwear and uh from there we wanted to start bootlegging other brands and we wanted to make our own stuff so it all started from there we were going to pro paint we were actually buying and and we, we actually we we stole a little bit <laughs> <laughs> Everybody steals from propane. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's probably why they went out of business. <laughs> but no, we, we, you know, we got some materials together, and from there we kind of just on and off did it. And it, it was something that was very technical, so it wasn't easy to do. Um, so I actually just just stuck through with it. And uh, my buddies, you know, they they kind of just we went other way. We went separate ways. Screen printing is a is a very very technical thing it, there's so many things that involve precision you know from shooting screens to to the type of t-shirt you're using for exposure units for for shooting the screens there's there's a lot of different variables so i kind of just year by year just learned a little bit more watched youtube i failed so many times and uh i quit so many times and because i quit so many times i decided to turn into a business <laughs> i i actually my dad had a retail store and um, in the back he had a bathroom that nobody was using. So I decided to take the, the very simple machinery that I had um, that I invested about $700 into and I, I started in there and uh, I faked it till I made it. I told people, oh, listen, man, I do production. I can, I can do 200 shirts. I can do 500 shirts, whatever you need. Meanwhile, shoot, I was doing like 10 shirts, 12 shirts a day, you know? So I started from there um, eventually. I saw a bigger vision. I, I got a I got a warehouse in Harlem. Um, asked my parents if they can spot me some money, and we invested about twenty grand into twenty thirty grand into the equipment. And from there, I started in Harlem. Really wasn't 
making it, but I was happy with what I was doing because I wasn't working for nobody and I had the freedom to do whatever I want. Um, from there, a year later, I found a uh, ground floor storefront in Ridgewood and I've been there for now about four and a half years and it's been it's been picking up ever since. Um, we've went from one manual machine to automatic to an embroidery machine, um, an additional direct-to-garment machine, which is um, basically we can take on any small project with an unlimited amount of colors. It's really cool because we don't have to set up screens. So long story short, we, we started from, you know, really nothing and uh, built built a larger empire and, and don't plan on stopping from there. Um, we went from printing maybe two, three orders a, a week to, you know, two, three orders a day now. And uh, so far, it's it's been pretty well. Um, until the coronavirus thing kind of hit, and it's it's kind of it kind of affected our business because a lot of the businesses that we work with, a lot of the clients, they they all have events. Uh, summer camps are coming up. Just that the warm season is coming in, so it's it's t-shirt season, and uh, a lot of orders are getting canceled left and right because a lot of their events are getting canceled. Um, a lot of their plans are are being postponed. Um, so we decided to see how we can make something happen to benefit both sides us and our client how we can generate profit to help us through this time and that's kind of what helped me put together the here for greatness campaign and a person can purchase a 25 dollar t-shirt and in 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 return you know 13 of those dollars will go to the to the business that they're supporting and 12 will come to us on the production and helping us produce the t-shirt so that you know, all in all, it helps us, helps us both. We're giving them something, something tangible, something that they can remember, something they can wear and also promote the, the business as well. Cool. So again, that website is here for the number four, here for greatness dot deco dot deco slash apparel dot com. The, the link's going to be in the description. description yes, yeah, long. It's a really long uh, link, but we just, we just kind of launched it and we haven't bought an actual domain. I built it off a site builder for now, but um, so far it's going, it's going well. And we're, we're, we're constantly going to look to, to update the site as well. So That's really it, cool, man. You were telling me inspiring. when we first started talking and we were connected on Instagram, you said you got inspired. You saw this shop in St. Louis, Louis do this and then yeah. they raised over 60,000. So yeah that's yeah. that's crazy man like you started from your your father's bathroom back bathroom that i was using <laughs> um i always like hearing these stories because it's so inspirational um why don't you tell us a little bit about that entrepreneurship and um what made you keep going because you said you kept failing and then what kind of what changed and then it made you really full-on go for this man i'm hard-headed so you know every time i fall i have to get back up I'm that type of person. I just, there's, there'll be nights where I can't sleep thinking about the business and it just, it, it, it pushes me, it pushes me. And then having my parents as my backup, as my support, that, that helps me get by and, and get to where I want to, where I want to be faster. I never see myself working for anybody else. I never see myself doing anything else, uh, but, you know, running an operating business by myself. Well, not by myself, but, but, you know, having my own business. I'm just, I'm not that nine to five kind of person. It's not my thing. Um, not to, not to, not to say that it's, it's a bad thing. You know, I, I respect everybody that works in nine to five. I just, I couldn't, 
you know, me working with my dad was enough already. I love my dad to death, but man, that guy drove me nuts working for him. Um, I worked at a pizzeria, almost got fired. <laughs> so that's just not my, that's just What was me. your, what was your pop store? What did he do? Uh, my dad owned, a, owned a urban retail business in the city. And uh, also, well, my dad and my mom, they both own businesses. Uh, my mom ran the luggage luggage store. It was like a, a travel leisure store in the, in the city. A lot of tourists would come and buy luggages and backpacks. Uh, it was called Empire Luggage. And then the other one was Empire Apparel. So we were a chain store. Well, not chain store. It was just two stores, but listed under Empire. And my dad ran the apparel business. Uh, it, it was a huge store. It's like 10,000 square foot. It carried, carried wow. so wow. much product. That's a huge store. Is this still there? It's not there no more. My, my father's retired. Um, uh, it's just, you know, at the time where Amazon is coming out and, you know, all these online, online businesses, um, it's just, it was, it was tough being in the retail space where we were, especially at the rent that we're paying, you know, you're looking at somewhere roughly around 30 grand a month and you're competing with Amazon and, and these online stores. It's just, you can't eat in that space. Yeah. Where was the location? It was 384 Broadway between White and oh, Walk wow. City. Yeah, so a block Yeah. The, the luggage store is still there. My my mom sold the business. I just I, I seen her very stressed. Very, very stressed. Um, even though the business was okay, I thought I thought the business was very profitable. She somehow found a way. Um, she was actually gonna close the shop and um, one of the one of the people that she buys from was actually interested in buying the business. So that worked out well for her. Would you say that you got a lot of your drive and hardworking personality from your parents? Yeah, man. Um, I, I always think about my parents because what, you know, what, what, what they did for us when, when we were younger, I really appreciate what they, what they do for me. Um, you know, I always had a roof. I've, I've always had good food to eat. And, um, you know, that, that really pushed me on another level as well, as far as business wise, even though, I'm, I'm, I'm falling, I'm failing, or I'm going into debt. I just, I always seen another day. I, I didn't care. I never seen a dollars. I, I've always seen, you know, my parents, you know, they, they went through all this, all this struggle for 10, 20 years. They came to America, worked on Canal Street, selling bags, got tired of that and, and, and thought out the box. I'm like, you know, I have a good life. And, and if, if I can, I can surpass this failure right now, you know, I'll be in a better place. If my parents could do it. I could do it. So I've always, I've always really respected my, my, my mother and my father on, on, on a hustle side, man. Cause you know, selling fig bags on canal street and getting arrested, ain't no fun. <laughs> and what are they doing? They're chilling, right? You said they're, they're in Taiwan now. So yeah, my, my father, and my mother, they are retired. They are, um, they're, they're home in Taiwan with my father's parents. They're taking care of them and also doing a lot of charity work. Do you know what part of Taiwan? Oh, nice. Are you, yeah, are you I live in Banqiao. All right, I Banqiao. don't think I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> My parents are from Taoyuan and Hunchun. I don't know if you've Taoyuan you is gone? the airport. Yes, near the airport. Yeah. yeah. Have you been so back? Banqiao is in Taipei. Oh, oh. Have, have you have you gone back? I I try to go back every year. 
um, to visit my grandparents and just to, just to pick out, man, I, every time I go there, I gain about 10, 15 pounds. <laughs> yeah, the food the is food delicious. Day, you spend like $5 a day, you, you get, oh man, you get stuffed. It's awesome. Everyone's yeah. always talking about the food in Taiwan. That, that's what I'm thinking about now too, during the that's, pandemic, all the food the that I, I'm missing out. That's the best part of Taiwan. That and just local street shopping and uh, night markets. Taiwan is awesome. No better country I've been to. Taiwan is beautiful. <laughs> I love Taiwan. When's the last time you went back, Jeffrey? Oh, man. Too long. Way too long. It must have been... Annie, when did we go back? It was 2000... Well, actually, no. It was, it was only like two years ago. But it felt like for, it felt like forever ago. <laughs> we went to Hong Kong and uh, Taiwan. How's Hong Kong right now? I know, I know the last time I went to Hong Kong, it was so populated. The air was terrible. Everybody there smokes. Even like the kids smoke. It was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to Hong Kong and my skin just broke out and it was really bad. <laughs> oh, the, wow. air, the air is just terrible. But we had a lot of fun. So is the pollution caused from the factories or from people smoking? Both. I think it's just overcrowded with people. And when you have so many people, it's just a lot of pollution and bad air. Yeah. Not enough nature. Yeah. I had a lot of fun because Jeff was working and I was just exploring on my own. <laughs> I just remember I was in the cab and the, I would always remember this. Uh, the guy was talking to me in Cantonese. I told him I don't speak Cantonese. So he was talking to me in broken man. And I asked him because I'm, I'm a vegetarian, Rich. So I, I told him, I said, do you know any good vegetarian restaurant? He was so shocked. He's like, vegetarian? You're a vegetarian? And I was like, yeah, I'm vegetarian. Um, do you know any good restaurants? And then he goes, how are you so big if you're a vegetarian? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always, always going to remember that guy. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's messed <Yeah>. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd say a very high percentage of Asian people aren't, aren't fat or big. So when they come to see somebody that's a little bit chubby, they're like, yo, you're fat. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And then they have no chill. They'll, they'll tell you how it is. <laughs> uh, Rich, I, I want you to expand a little bit more about your industry. Like what draws you in about it? What made it appealing to you that you want to keep doing it? I know you, you mentioned that you got to work with some social media influencers. Um, mm -hmm. Was there any custom projects that you worked on that was really cool that you can share with us? Um, so I, I love the, the screen printing uh, business because it's um, how do you say it? it's I love the technicality I love that there's so many so many things involved um, everything that you do in this business is a, is an art form and um, you know from shooting screens to setting up the screens to choosing so it's a good it's a good form of releasing your creative energy and it's like it a is, good creative outlet okay you know doing it for fun is well it's fun and I'm um, doing it for business. It's stressful. So, you know, sometimes I do get, I do get a little bit burnt out. Um, but, you know, I think what drives me to keep going is, is new technology and new, new ways to, to make things more, more beautiful. Um, like that automatic machine. I, I think if we didn't go yeah. into automation, I probably would have closed the business because I was just so burnt out, you know, in a day, let's just say you, you have an order of, of 50 shirts you have two orders of 50 shirts cool 
But then once you once you get beyond that, like a hundred shirts, two hundred shirts, and it's like three colors each, you're re you're literally manually printing every single color. So you're really let's say a hundred piece order, it's three colors. You're really wow. printing three hundred. Um, you know, you're, you're printing three hundred times. And on the same shirt. Yeah. At the end so of the day, you. Yeah. Well, on a shirt, you would you would print one color and then you spin it around, print the next shirt, and then once it goes under the heat and comes back to you, then you go to the next screen. So it, it's and, it's and print the next color. Yeah, it's time consuming and it's labor intensive. Wow. Um, so once you're printing like 300 shirts a day, your arms are dead, man. You go home, you don't even want to lift up a gallon of water. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't need a gym membership. No, you don't. <laughs> you gave us work. a you gave us a tour of your workshop, and the machines look so freaking cool, man. So that is, yeah. So that's that's exactly how I felt when I first got them too. And that that's that's the type of stuff that wakes me up and drives me. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Or <laughs> <laughs> new innovative technology. Um, that's that stuff really excites me. I think as as years come and go, newer technology is coming out, cooler machines, more efficient machines are coming out. And that that's the stuff that really, really excites me when I when I see when I see the quality in the print, yeah. you know, manually printing versus automatic automation, you, you see a big difference. Uh, as the end consumer, I really don't think they care. I think they really just care about the design. Um, but as as the person who's producing it, you know, I see every single detail. I see how it lines up. I see the efficiency with with manual labor, you know, with people person can get tired a machine won't and yeah. um that the machine can keep the consistency of the pressures that that needs to be used especially when you're printing full color images you need to have a specific angle where your squeegee's at you need to have specific pressure so let's just say i'll tell you this the first time when i used that automatic machine and i was printing a five color image it was it was a picture of a person's face and it was <laughs> oh my goodness okay <laughs> picture of a person's face and i actually have a little story about printing a picture of somebody's face when we first started our business i didn't know what i was doing right i had a guy come in and he wanted a couple thousand of pick thousand shirts of this guy don benjamin i don't know if you know who that is he's like a, he's like a male model he was on he was on a tv show before he, he's pretty out there um so we had to do a couple thousand and at the end of the day we didn't get to that job but Long story short, I got tired of that guy's face just by printing. <laughs> <laughs> I was manually printing, you know, I was so tired. Oh, wow. Was it by, by the end Man. of like the hundredth shirt, he stopped looking like Don Benjamin and started looking like <laughs> another guy entirely? I, 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 I'm tired of seeing this guy. I don't want to see him at all. So bringing, bringing us back to now where we got that automatic and the person's face, he was a little more tan. So it, it, we, it, it consisted of more oranges, reds, and yellows. So it was like a four or five color print, but we set it up in a matter of like 20, 30 minutes. And it took us about like 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes to print it as well. Versus that on a manual, you'll be printing for about probably four or five hours. Damn. Oh, wow. That's a life-changing wow. machine right there. Consistency too. The consistency of the automatic where every single print comes out the same versus you on a manual, you'll have you'll have 
one of the guy looking a little bit more brown or you have one of the guys who <laughs> look like a Native American, another one who probably looks Filipino, another one, <laughs> you know. So the yeah. consistency of the automatic is, is where, you know, what you're investing into. And also to, to make it stupid simple, you know, where any, any, any average Joe can can come in off the street we can hire them and, and just teach them how to load the shirt and take off the shirt and press a button they can do it versus you know when I when I just had the manual printing machine I, man it was so hard finding finding a person that can work that machine and 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 for it to be affordable yeah so right now I, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat um I'm manually pressing sheets right now for hotel like sheets and pillowcase and yeah, it's tough doing everything manually. Very skill intensive, you know, to get yeah. the same exact quality, you know, going in and out of the machine. And, yeah, I was going to point yeah. that out. Um, even in your industry, Rich, uh, ha- there's a lot of parallels between that and also the dry cleaning industry. I remember James would go on and on about the machines and the new technology. And I was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I get so, so excited. I see new technology, new machines. My girl will tell you, man, I'm like, yo, let's, let's put another 20 grand here. Let's put another 30 grand. And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you see how, how many fucking machines we have? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my other plant isn't open yet because of all the, what's going on now, but hoping to open that up soon and excited for that the new machines to press the sheets. We were talking about technology. And uh, you know how how that's that's really exciting. I mean, nowadays, like this morning, I was just I was looking at sewing machines. I was on the Juki site, and they have like literally computerized. Like you can type in what you're about to sew, and everything is automated. And you can control control the sewing machine from from a tablet. You can send it to another. Wow. Machine. It's like <sighs> mind blowing. I'm not even in the sewing world, but that's damn, cool. I'm about to get into it. <laughs> Uh, when I went to school in FIT and just sewing on the Juki machine, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I, and, I feel bad for the for the technicians over there, man. The way these kids treat the machines, they be messing that thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so sensitive the machines. Yeah, because yeah. even even the machines that we have out there at the tailor shop, oh man, the technician is at our tailor shop. At least once a month. And, and oh. you know, my parents, my parents been sewing for like, what, like 30, 40 years now. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the seamstress there, my parents, and so they still mess it up, you know? Since you guys understand how sewing machines work, the, the foot pedal on an industrial is extremely sensitive. Yeah. Um, people say if you can use a sewing machine, you're a good driver. That is very true because, you know, understanding that lever, the pressure that you're using your foot. So, Brings me to my next thing about the, the new machines that I'm, that you know I was looking at in FIT when you were when you were sewing you press that lever and just if you press it a little bit too heavy it goes yeah. <laughs> so the new one you can control it you can control how fast you want the speed by just dialing it in no matter how hard you step on it it'll go at your control pace oh, wow that that's like wow that's that's really cool because now you can just bring somebody in and really actually teach them how to sew and have them work with you. That would be great because I I was just like downstairs sewing the other day and I haven't sewn in a while and I'm touching the pedal and it just go like, 
boom. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. So based on Richard's definition, you're a terrible driver. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even think I'm a great driver, but I can go. <laughs> and I, I always have like a, a fear of, of my finger going in there. Oh, that, that has happened to like a few of my classmates before. <gasps> Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, oh so fearful God, of that, that and thankfully it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> That's what happens when you have lack of sleep and you have a bunch of projects to do. That's another, <laughs> another thing you have in common with driving. You shouldn't be yes. driving if you have lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, I have drank and sold. <laughs> oh, oh <man>. God. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, my, what, my original question was what made you want to start the business, but you kind of went into it already. Oh, in yeah. the well, I was always interested in fashion. And like I said, we were, yeah. where we were, we were trying to bootleg Supreme and vape, vape t-shirts. And uh, from there, I just found, I, I just found a passion and I found an art in it. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed the process. I think that I didn't say that before, but I think it's really the process that, that got me into the screen printing business and the fact that it wasn't easy. Um, the fact that it wasn't easy was something that I knew not everybody could do. I knew some people would do, but I can really, if I can really finesse it, you know, I, I can really attack a certain market and I can make it up. I can make a living out of it. Um, how did you learn how to use the machines? Is this some, something like somebody teaches you? When nobody you teaches you shit in this industry. Um, a lot of it is self-taught. A lot of it is, you know, YouTube has a lot of good tutorials. Um, yes. I just, I, but the thing is, I'll tell you this, YouTube will only teach you to a certain extent. And once you get onto the press, there's just certain questions that never been answered. And not only that, everybody's in a, such a different environment with, with different climates, they're using different inks, different brands of stuff, different machines. So there's not one set way of doing things and temperature and environment plays a big factor into printing as well if you're in a cold environment you know you need to you need to really stir up your ink the way you print everything is affected the your, your heat control when it comes out the dryer every every single little thing you have to understand well so i think it's just being good in this business is a lot of failing you know if you're, you're a person that that says you know i, I don't want to fail this, this really isn't Type of business for you. I've, I've gotten okay with, with failing and, and receiving criticism and understanding where where we need to improve on. And I was always okay with that. You know, sometimes I'm real transparent with the client. Like, listen, we never done this. There can be some inconsistencies. And if you're okay with that, we'll do it for you. You know? So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very truth telling business. Sometimes you got to keep it up, keep it really real in this, in this business because there'll be people that come in and they want the most off the wall shit and you gotta be like, dude, um, you know, we're not set up for that. I'll do it for you. Yeah, charge a little bit more and it won't come out 100% consistent. Uh, just because the things that these people want, you know, it's like, they're not mass producing. They probably want like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 pieces. If you're doing a thousand, then yeah, there's, there's facilities in China that's set up for what you want. But for us, you know, we're not set up for it one and two. It's, we're not gonna do it perfect. But we'll do our best if you want us to do it. Hey, um, when you when you mentioned uh, shooting, so what what exactly is shooting? Shooting screens. Okay. Screens. Yeah. So, screen, screen. so you can also call it burning screens. So burning screens is is very similar to to being in the dark room in photography. 
Um, uh, coat, we coat the screens, which is what we make the stencils out of. Uh, okay. We coat it with, with uh, photo emulsion. It's called emulsion. It's a, it's a, it starts as a liquid film, and then we coat it onto the flat screen. Um, it dries. Once it dries, it's light sensitive. It becomes solid. It's light sensitive. Um, kind of like when you're shooting what's it called uh, photos or photography. Uh, this like that black film and it's, it's photo sensitive. So once the, the emulsion hits light, it hardens up. So we'll cover a certain area with the, with the artwork that's, that's black and whatever is black doesn't get hit by the UV light rays. So whatever doesn't get hit by the UV light rays, well, once we put it into to the, our, our sink, our uh, washout booth, whatever did get hit with the light remains hard, remains solid, and whatever didn't get hit with light will, will be water, water, water soluble, so it will wash out. So that's how we create our stencils. That's that's you what we learn that on, on YouTube as well, or it's something that you, you can, but it's 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 tough because like I said, everybody's using different materials, everybody has a different light source. So you really have to crunch down your, your exposure times. Um it's, it's everybody's using different emulsions. So there's not one set time. You really have to do a lot of testing and um trial and error. A lot of trial and error. And still to this day, you know, we still have we still we still make mistakes where we have to reshoot the screen. But the good thing is, you know, we can if the screen doesn't come out good, we can put it in certain solution. It'll wash out the emulsion. We can reclaim it. We can we can do what's reclaim called reclaiming and use the screen again. You think you'll ever do embroidery? We do embroidery. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. So when we first started, embroidery machines are really expensive. You know, we're talking on a, on a basic level of a single head, somewhere above somewhere above 12 grand average of let's oh, say 12 wow. to 16 grand um ours was 16 we were using a japanese brand called berrigan it's one of the most well-known embroidery machines on the market and it's trusted that's why we, we invest into it um you can probably get one used for like eight grand somewhere off ebay but you know mm -hmm. it's like it's like today you're buying really expensive equipment but you want to buy something that doesn't come with warranty and you know you don't know if there's there's deficiencies in it or not so when we first started the business we didn't do embroidery because we just wanted to focus on screen printing however we started to getting a look you know a few people that wanted hats started from one to two to three customers to now we we actually have a pretty decent amount of clients that need embroidery so when we first started we were actually outsourcing and uh, to this day bigger jobs we still do outsource because our, our embroidery machine is really set up for smaller jobs again we, we invest into our first single head I think two two years ago, and um, you know slowly things started picking up, and we're still running that single head like every single day. Like it's it's that's our baby, man. I love that machine. We get addicted to that noise. <laughs> like we got our kids sleeping in there in that room sometimes while we're working. She sleeps right through that noise. It's like it's, it's what's that word called? It's just that that noise. It's like more. white noise. White noise. White noise. Oh yeah. That's what it's called. So yeah, we, we, we got into the embroidery business as well. Um, I, I'd still say I like, I like screen printing a lot more. Embroidery, it really comes down to the machine and the person who's loading the, the garment on there, them knowing how to work around the machine. After that, it's really just, it's all just computerized. Cool. I want to spend a little bit, I want to spend a little bit of time on your Here for Greatness website. What mm -hmm. are, do you want to give a shout out? What are some of the partners that you, you've been working on? Are they all, I, I don't. Um, They're I all New York, all New York businesses. Okay. Um, my intent was definitely to reach out to more businesses as well that are, 
that are you know kind of hurt during this epidemic a lot of a lot of businesses are hurt um you know restaurants bars barber shops you can't go to somebody's house right now and cut somebody's hair right yeah. you gotta go so, into the basement you know annie's barbershop <laughs> so these guys that you work with did you reach out to them or they kind of reached out to you how did you uh, i reached out to them and sent out a mass email some of them are, are good buddies of mine you know, a lot of them are my clients as well i print t-shirts for for most of them and i just said hey listen how are you, you know, i reached out to them and said how are you doing hope everything's cool this is something that i've seen that has been working in st louis and i want to implement that in our city you know with, with the way things are going right now, if we continue to allow this to happen and, and not do anything to, to help generate us some profit, your business is going to go down. We are going to see that in a couple months. A lot of businesses will go out. Um, so I thought through us helping them produce produce a T-shirt, we can we can also make a little bit and have have our have our facility running while helping them as well. Of course. I'm not, I'm not really a great promoter and we, we haven't done the potential that we could yet, but you know, I'm hoping to, to, that it will, it will reach more people and more businesses will see it and come on and say, Hey, this is, this is a way we can, we can actually, we can actually raise funds. We can, we can give our supporters a really cool t-shirt, with a cool design. And, you know, they'll always remember this moment and, you know, 13 of those dollars of every, tw every $25 t-shirt sale will go back into the business for them to use towards, you know, whatever lost revenue that they had. So. That's awesome, man. You're right. Cause they get, yeah. they get merch also, they get to support their local businesses. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's and, the, and the businesses get promoted too, because now the people are wearing their brand. I, I want to go back to your beginnings and your start. I, I don't want to get too nerdy into this. Are you guys familiar with one piece, the anime? Yeah, I'm familiar with one piece. Okay. There's a character in this. One of my favorite characters in the anime, his name is Usopp. If you break down the name, it's actually, it means lie. He's based on the, the boy who cried wolf. The interesting thing about this character is that he started off lying. Everyone doesn't believe anything he says. But as you go and watch the anime, every single one of his lies started coming true. And that kind of made me think about like when you were in, in the back uh, working out of the bathroom and you're telling people, oh man, I could do 500 shirts. Absolutely. I could do, I could do a thousand shirts. And yeah. Dude, it's 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 and look at you now. That's that's such an amazing story, man. Yeah, and somehow back then I actually believed it. <laughs> that's good. You, you need, nice. the, you need yeah. that conviction. You know, I, I tell a lot of people like this. I was stupid enough to believe I could do it. I was too hard-headed to believe those people that said I couldn't. Being young and stupid is 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 very important sometimes because it's better than being old and stupid. Yeah, no, you know you're. you're <laughs> <laughs> you're stupid enough to, to believe you can make it, you know, it's, and one day, as long as you keep pushing, it will come true. Um, it's, it's baby steps, man. It's, it's as long as you, you keep putting one step forward, one step forward, eventually, you know, even if it takes time, slow motion is better than no motion. You, know, you, took, you take baby steps, one step here, one step there, little milestones here. You look at it as a, as a five year, you look at it in five years where you are. And uh, five years ago, I was in the bathroom. So, you know, now that I'm not in the bathroom no more, <laughs> I have my own retail business. I don't, you know, I'm getting close to the point where I'm, I'm going to start being able to be profitable. And even if I wasn't, I'm okay with it because I know there's another day. You know, and, and let's just say if I am still in debt, 
there's still more days for me out there to to keep on continuing and to get out of the struggle. I'm not dead yet, so there's still so much more to do. There's still so much uh, more to learn, and uh, there's a there's a challenge. There's still more challenges out there for me. Let's say today, if I'm 50 grand in debt, I'm okay with that, man. Um, a lot of people won't say they're okay with that, but you know, being 50 grand in debt, I just see the money as a as a. It's not really it's not really there. It's just how you how you bounce back from that, what you can do with being in debt. That's just how I look at things. I don't I don't care that I'm in debt. I care that I'm happy and I'm doing what I do. And nobody can stop me. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That really is awesome. Check out One Piece also if you get a chance. I mean my cousins <laughs> my cousins my cousins love manga. They 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 look at the mangas. They don't even read the words. They they look at the pictures so another another reason why your story reminded me of One Piece so much because this this cartoon or anime um, is all about following your dreams and making your dreams come true and that's just so many parallels with your story. Cool, man! I'll, I'll check out One Piece. <laughs> Do you guys have a storefront where you guys sell clothing as well? We have a, a ground floor retail. I don't have a, a storefront to sell clothes yet. We just have okay. an office where people come in and check out samples. Mm, and, um, just okay. because we're, we're, our space is so tight right now, all the yeah, machines yeah. that we brought in. But to have a storefront will be the end goal. We're working up our own um, private label right now. Nice. And eventually, we do want to have you know, a little storefront where we can showcase. Maybe you can just go online and have a website. We will. We will. We will. We will. We will. But a storefront would be cool too because people can walk in and physically see things, see the yeah. stuff, yeah. and we can probably do events to engage more into the community and our followers. That's awesome. That is really awesome. Can't can't wait for the future, man. Yeah, you guys are definitely invited if I ever have an event. And, uh, yes. Yay. For sure, it's on me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really want to see your uh, facility. It's so cool when you yeah, give us that video gotta, tour. Stop by sometime, man. Stop by sometime, and I'll show you around. And we'll, hey, send me a logo. We'll print up some, print up some, some of your company shirts. Cool, cool. Oh, right. so, I mean, it's not, it's not like you know, rich quality, you know, all-star print <laughs> quality. But we got this is a, a merch book if you would want. Just some of our highlights, and Annie that uh, has been designing everything for us. Is that is that hand drawn? Uh, I draw on Illustrator. I gotcha. With a tablet. That's cool. Let me see it again. It's like a I'm bunch of uh, food. I'm that not we trying to show about. too much because I'm actually in my boxers. But... <laughs> oh yeah, keep it in the keep it in the safe zone. <laughs> yes, uh, PG thirteen, please. <laughs> yeah, there was stuff that we talked about in season one, like the Impossible Burger and Pho and like tuna. If you guys ever go out and eat and do a show, let me know. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the contestant. I, I love to eat. I'm a, I'm a fat man trapped in a little body. Trust me. I <laughs> oh, that could I be love, a really good segment. I love, I love oh, yeah. food. Great segment idea. Take me to a buffet. I'll show you how they lose money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once, once, once this is over, listen. Oh, yeah. we, got a, we got a list already. Like we, we got a guy. Uh, we just met this guy, Manny. I love this guy. He he has a restaurant in Staten Island, and I can't wait to freaking Filipino try. food. Yes. yes, it's a Filipino. It's so good. So why don't we bring him a T-shirt and we go shoot his food? Yes, we should. Yeah, we should. I think the way my life went led led me to this point, and I think it happened for a reason. Uh, the people that I met, 
and uh, you know, things that I've done in the past. It, it all led to, to, to now, to the story now, which is, you know, I'm a, I founded my own uh, textile printing business and uh, I'm cool with it. I like where I'm at now. Well, Rich, do, is there anything else you wanna, any shout outs or anything you'd like to say before we sign off? Yeah, man, I would like to say, you know, everybody keep your head up. You know, what we're going through now is just, it's temporary, it's temporary defeat and it's not, it's not forever. Uh, we'll bounce back from this, man, as long as, there's another day to live. There's another dollar to make. And uh, also you have family members out there that care for you. So we live for them. Shit, I hope that makes me sound like a good person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a great, great note. It's a very down, down time right now. A lot of people are just messed up over, over the current situation. It also brings out the creativity of people because a lot of people are now, they're, they're using their brain and they're, they're trying to come up with new hustles. It's, 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 it's a different time, man. You, know, you see the two sides of people. You see the people who take it as, oh, shit, we have to stay home and blah, blah, blah. They stay home and they complain. And it's the people that say, oh, man, I, I, this is not my thing. I, I got I to gotta make some money. I got I to gotta go hustle. I got I to gotta move my brain. So. Hey, you're right. You're right. You have those people who are creative and now you know, they're doing stuff online with social media. They're doing mm -hmm. deliveries now. And mm -hmm. those are the guys that, that have no choice. They need to adapt to survive. And right. that, that's a really good point. You got James. He's making masks now. He's selling yeah. masks. He's a dry cleaner, dry cleaning <laughs> industry, and he's selling masks now. So you, you, got, you got to do what it takes sometimes. So that's, yeah. that's a great message, man. Right. You got to learn to adapt. So um, with that, uh, let's conclude with today's episode. We're, we're going to sign off again, Rich. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. No, thank for you. On. Thank you. Make sure you guys check out All Star Print Lab on Instagram. Uh, this guy answers every single DM. And check out Here for Greatness. Uh, website's going to be in the links below. But besides that, again, Rich, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you. So thank, much. For, thank you for bringing me on, man. This is, this is definitely something special. I really appreciate you. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Helping me get the word out. Yeah. 100%. It was great talking to you. Okay, for all those at home, remember to stay ridiculous. Bye, guys. It's the Jeff and Annie and James Ridonculus Show. Yeah. Awesome.